Transit Update. Rudy Giuliani. This is Rudy Giuliani. Thank you very much for listening in. This is the Rudy Giuliani Show. And uh, we are going to uh, come to the weekend with so many subjects to cover. We're going to work our way through them real, real fast and try to get your opinions on them as as much as possible because, um, I don't know, things seem to be getting worse and worse and worse. Uh, when I when I uh, look at New York City, which is a pretty good bellwether for the rest of the country, particularly now with all the Soros uh, uh, crime friendly DAs all over the country and all the Democratic cities setting records for homicide, New York City seems to be uh, they used to be we used to be the safest large city in America. Hmm. We've doubled, uh, we've doubled the number of murders since we were there. We may still be there because the other cities are so bad. But uh, this is not a good situation. So, you know, the day before we had seven shootings, two dead. Yesterday we had eight wounded, including a gang killing that, that took place. And one that really was, was frightening, a 44-year-old man was just uh, driving southbound on the uh, Major Deegan Expressway. Uh, probably, probably where NYU used to be in City College, right before you get to Yankee Stadium. He was going south toward the city, and all of a sudden, a car pulls up. Person pops out of the vehicle sunroof and opens fire. No reason, no. Uh, who knows? But it looks like a drive-by shooting. Uh, he, he was, thank goodness, uh, you know, taken to Bronx Lebanon Hospital and um, stable. His uh, injuries uh, are significant but not life-threatening. And no arrests have been made in that shooting or in the shooting of the gang-related uh, shooting. Now, they don't specify whether gang means the new gangs or my old gang, <laughs> the mafia. Uh, I think they mean the new gangs. Uh, but in any event... The last two days are not an anomaly. Uh, we've we've somehow figured out how to have more shootings and more shooting victims this year than last year. And last year we were we were building off a record increase from the year before in a one year increase in shooting victims, which is a hundred percent. Well, we're up uh, now with thirty nine percent increase in victims and a thirty five percent increase from this time last year. And the mayor, who I'm sure uh, is going to find all kinds of reasons to blame this on me somehow or other, but when I was the mayor, I was responsible for this. It was my job to make sure that there weren't increases in crime, that there were decreases in crime. So we elected the law and order mayor, and now things are worse. They're worse. In every precinct in the city, with the exception of one or two in Grand Central, there have been significant increases in overall crime. Uh, I guess the thing that you look at the most is the violent crime and the shootings. And that's a phenomenal increase for the beginning of the year for a new mayor. This is about as bad a start as a mayor's ever had. Worse than the Basia. He's got to wake up. And he's got to stop fooling around. And he's got to start paying attention. I mean, you don't put a plainclothes unit out on the street and put a badge on them so they're no longer plainclothes. And the whole idea of why it works is because they don't know it's a cop. He knows that. So what kind of bull is that to say he's going to reestablish the anti-crime unit 
but he's going to put badges on them. If I had done that, uh, 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 Times Square would be exactly the same as it, as it was uh, during uh, Dinkins. Oh, and his model, by the way, is Dinkins. Uh, Dinkins averaged uh, 2,000 murders a year. And it is often said that crime decline started under Dinkins. It is true in the third year he got a small decline in crime based on extra police officers that Peter Vallone forced him to take. But it is also true that in his last year, murder went up. So I inherited a city with over 2,000 murders. And I, I reduced that number by 1,500 Uh, 80% of whom were were black. So in the time as mayor, I saved thousands and thousands of black lives who would have been killed if they continued to pursue the policies that Dinkins was pursuing in the last year that he was mayor in which uh, murder had gone up from the prior year. Uh, That's not to mention the the, uh, Crown Heights riot and the Washington Heights riot and the Korean boycott and just breakdown in law and order. Well, we're there again. We're there again, and uh, the numbers may be a little different, but uh, you've got to deal with perspective. I mean, for the last 20 years, the people of the city have lived in a relatively safe city. No place is perfectly safe. They've lived in a relatively safe city thanks to the declines in crime that I began, not 2% declines and 3% declines, and not 35% increases, I might add. How about more like 35% declines? Ultimately, uh, between 65 and 70 percent, more than that in the black community, like in the 75 percent area. And since somewhere around seven out of 10 victims of homicide in New York City, I mean, it ranges between 68 percent, 75 percent every year, uh, were black. The people who mainly uh, benefited were, thank God, black people who were alive because we used uh, very, very well thought out, sensible policies of enforcement. Things like when we set up a plainclothes unit, we didn't forget to take the badge off them. So we haven't had any decline under Adams. We should have had a psychological decline uh, by uh, um, uh, electing a law and order mayor. Usually you get at least a a little, I guess, decline psychological decline, uh, but um, they're starting to figure him out. I mean, he's not going to have too many more chances. First, Bragg made a fool out of him by uh, coming up with that ridiculous Soros policy, which he still is really enforcing, except for the most extreme situations. Uh, and second half of the show, we're going to talk to you about retail crime, because I think that's becoming a whole other type of crime. Uh, that manifests itself as the um, as the smashing grabs. And we've done both shows here on ABC and on our podcast about smashing grabs. And on the West Coast, that's pretty much organized crime. I'm not sure it's yet organized crime here, but it could easily become. And uh, we're, we're losing uh, we're losing uh, retail stores a hand over fist. And all that's going all that's going to do, in addition to creating a tremendous amount of violence, is going to take that terrible inflation we have, and it's going to drive it through the roof. It's going to drive it through the roof, and it, and the people that get hurt the most are going to be the minorities. You know, for years there was a tremendous concern that the prices in poor areas, particularly in black and Hispanic areas, 
But Harlem was folk, the focus of the studies usually. Uh, the price for food was higher than in Manhattan. And the natural result, the, the natural conclusion would be that it was, it was some form of racism. And what it turned out to be was there were no big stores in Harlem. Big stores would not go to Harlem, so they had to have little grocery stores. Little grocery stores can't get this pricing that large stores can get, which is how the, now the big box stores didn't exist in New York before I became mayor. Uh, and uh, by cleaning up Harlem, by getting the crime out, by getting the crime down 40, 50, 60 percent, we were able to convince big box stores, city stores, as well as national chains to finally go into Harlem. They never did before. And the price then came down to roughly the same level that uh, it was in the rest of the city. But if you're going to get you know, wiped out every two weeks and you're a small store and you can't buy in bulk, you're going to have to jump that price all the way up to survive. So this is a matter of life and death, and it's also a matter of economics and, and, and perpetuating poverty. And, and mostly these crime efforts that we're, that we're begging for and that Adams is acting like, you know, getting us to be vegans is more important. The, the primary beneficiaries aren't, I wouldn't even say they're blacks, it's not African, the primary beneficiaries are poor people. And a good percentage of them happen to be black. That's the way you should look at it. This isn't a race thing. This is a thing based on people who, who don't have the resources, you know, to live in a better neighborhood or a better place. And then the things are done to deteriorate the place that they live rather than to enhance it. Something I understood, it's something I worked on 24 hours a day, and it's something I'm damn proud of. And I am really upset because I never expected too much from Adams, particularly when he said he was going to let people vote who aren't even citizens. How stupid is that? But I did expect, as you know, when I did expect some degree of containment crime because de Blasio was so bad, to see a 35 and 39 percent increase in violent crime, to see every precinct in the city with crime going up but one or two, and to see him being asked questions about being a vegan and not why his policies aren't working and how stupid is it to put badges on plainclothes police officers, and what are you going to do about stop, question, and frisk, and what are you going to do about this guy Bragg? Uh, avoid it, be afraid of it not stand up to it. Got to change because the city isn't going to change if the policies and the approach and the coddling of criminals and criminal rights being the only rights that anybody thinks about uh, conti uh, continue. They're just going to go in absolutely, absolutely the wrong direction. Uh, the interview that Biden had with Lester Holt I would like to uh, I would like to figure out how the brainwashed lefty Democrats explain why he isn't being examined Biden for uh, does he have the mental capacity to be the leader of the free world when uh, thousands if not millions of lives are in jeopardy I'm not just talking about the Ukraine I'm talking about the genocide going on in China that he ignores and well that could be a function of his being bribed uh, but the whole approach to China is disgraceful. And what they're doing in Ukraine is a game I, I can't figure out. So when, when you come back, I want you to listen to this Lester Holt, a little pieces from this Lester Holt interview with me 
and explain to me how this guy isn't, um, well, just tell me what you think of his mental capacity. We'll be back in a few minutes. Rudy Giuliani on 77 WABC. Listen to your favorite shows live and on demand. Enable the 77 WABC Alexa skill today. Tell Alexa. Play 77 WABC. Here I am back with you, Rudy Giuliani. I want to thank uh, the people in St. Louis who, you know, think we're two weeks now into uh, broadcasting in St. Louis. And I want to thank them for joining us. I want them to know that I keep up with what's going on in St. Louis. I got myself a, I got myself a subscription to the St. Louis Post-Dispatch and then some of my friends there told me I should not support. <laughs> but, I, you know, you think of the newspaper, and I, and I forget, you know. If you didn't know the New York Times, you would think it really was a newspaper, right? Hmm. So now I have a couple of other sources. And um, I hope to be on a couple of their shows there, too. It, it, it's really amazing because uh, maybe 20 years ago, you know, like when I was mayor, there'd be, there'd be differences in these cities, but... I'd say four out of five problems that we're facing are all the same. I mean, if I'm if I'm talking about um, uh, retail crime, which we're going to talk about shortly when I come back with uh, with Jen and 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 put put the uh, quote on from John, and when we talk about that, we're talking about almost every city in America now, or at least every <laughs> every city with a Democratic mayor and a Soros purchased a multi million dollar DA. Now, I'd like to play the uh, clips uh, uh, five and six. I just want you to listen. This is an interview, Lester Holt and, uh, and President Biden. Just listen to it. The troops, and we're back in this, this war of attrition. And, it, and there was no way we were ever going to unite Ukraine. I mean, excuse me, Iraq, Afghanistan. No way that was going to happen. Yeah, next one. I think it was back in July you said inflation was going to be temporary. I think a lot of Americans are wondering what your definition of temporary is. Well, you're being a wise guy with me a little bit. Uh, I understand that's your job. But look, uh, at the time, what happened was the uh, let's look at the reason for the inflation. The reason for the inflation is the supply chains were cut off, meaning that the products, for oh, example, automobiles. You could take it off. The lack of... How, how stupid. I mean, how stupid. The man comes into office and he, and he does away with the uh, Keystone Pipeline. Well, what's the biggest thing that's inflated? The pr- price of energy. That has nothing to do with any of what the garbage he's talking about. Uh, it's not affected by the fact you're spending more money than we spent on the Second World War? I mean, look, Joe. I know you for 35 years, and, and, and I can honestly say uh, on a stack of Bibles, you're probably one of the dumbest people I've ever known before you got demented. Now you don't know the difference between Afghanistan, Iraq, you, your sister and your wife. It's a disgrace that you're president of the United States, and it's a disgrace that the White House covers for you. It's a disgrace. There was an article in the populist press about um, a leak from the White House that are one of your staff aides got really upset the other day when you almost you took an extra question and they rushed the press out and they really lectured the press not to question you. And uh, I mean the reality is, they all know. It is impossible that they don't know that you are mentally uh, incapable of being a responsible, functioning executive of anything. They live with you. 
they got to know it. We can see it. And it has to be that you care about this country enough that you do something about that. I, I just don't think politics and wanting to get rid of, uh, of uh, Donald Trump justifies putting a man with dementia in the White House. It, didn't, it doesn't qualify putting a man with an IQ that's almost non-existent in the White House or with a record for corruption that is disgraceful. I mean, all of those things also. I mean, they covered that up. When people say was there fraud in the election of 2020, I said, well, before we get to the vote count, let's talk about how they hid the high drive, uh, in which, uh, as we found out now, it, absolutely true, $31 million to the Biden crime family from China, $1.5 billion in a commitment to their phony private equity fund. So our biggest adversary is China, and they have bought our president given him amounts of money that are unthinkable. Uh, just think about this. Biden has made more money from China than from the U.S. Uh, much, much, much more. He, uh, his son says, if you do the arithmetic, it's simple. The crime family got $31 million. The son says for 30 years he had to give 50% of uh, the income to, to pop, then divide it with the rest, but also take care of the expenses of the family. So... It really is 50% and not much to pay for. So that's $15 million. I don't know. Did he make $15 million in the U.S. as a senator? No, that doesn't count the money from Kazakhstan, Romania, Russia, Ukraine. Well, we'll be back with you, and we'll be talking about uh, something right, <laughs> right across the street, which is retail crime. And uh, you, you come back right after the, 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 the uh, intermission, and then we'll have final words. Talk Radio 77 WABC. This is Rudy Giuliani back with the Rudy Giuliani Show. And as I said, we're going to talk now about what's happening in your grocery store. Medium size, small size, large size, San Francisco's losing a Walgreens, New York City's losing a Rite Aid that we know about. And I'm going to now play a, a, a clip from uh, from the man who's going to be on at five o'clock, who also is the owner of this station and the owner of Gristidis, that he's very, very concerned about Gristidis. Let's let's uh, have him explain it. John Castaneda. Number one question. There's only one thing this November. The number one question this November is, are you pro crime and criminals in our streets, or are you pro-safety in our streets? I mean, the reality is that's where we are. And I want, also wanted to put on, she happens to be the producer of this show, Jen Grodd, and, uh, but we were talking about her shopping uh, the other day, and she's a New Yorker. And Jen, are you there? I am here. Hello. So tell me, tell me the experience you were re relating, uh, the immediate one and then the, the other ones. Yeah, so I was walking home from work the other day. Uh, I needed to stop at my local Walgreens in the city, and I went to pick up deodorant, and it was $6, and it was you had to get permission from a sales associate to get the deodorant. They're behind these glass little walls that they have to open with keys. But even outside our studios here in Midtown, the CVS around the corner, the Dwayne Reed here, you still have to get permission to get deodorant. I saw ice cream was locked up. Um, their toothpaste is locked up, detergent, sometimes hand soap is locked up. And these items, a lot of them are under $10, but they're easy to steal and put in your bag. So I guess that's why they're, they're locking them up. 
Yeah, I mean, it, mu- it must mean that people come in and uh, to actually be a f- take take a lot of them. Yeah, I mean, I also had a uh, one time I was at my local CVS. I waited about ten minutes for someone to come, and I'm, you know, you went to pick up one little thing that you needed on your walk home, and uh, unfortunately, it's it's not that convenient. The convenience stores aren't convenient. So, I mean, one of the top things in the news that we were going over. In fact, the first one you gave me is red hot inflation. Yes, is giving uh, New York, uh, America's uh, 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 a pay, uh, basically a pay cut, a big mm-hmm. pay cut, and this in, this is going to add to inflation. Yeah, because I mean, you start stealing, you start stealing stuff out of a store, the store's got to make it up. Yeah, exactly. Gosh, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, there something has to be done to really crack down, make it clear it's not going to happen, arrest these people. The but, whole idea that you don't arrest people for small crimes, like, you know, in in, um, in San Francisco, they decided they're not going to prosecute anything below nine hundred dollars. So now people spend all day stealing eight hundred dollars worth of, and they end up with ten thousand dollars worth of stuff at the end of the day. And the idiot DA doesn't prosecute it, Boudin. That's why they're trying to recall. So Jen, we're going to have to keep you out on the street there. Yeah, be your, BR, your BR. CBS reporter, your Dwayne BR, Reed reporter. <laughs> WABC is right on top of it. WABC Radio is right on top of it with, with crack reporter Jen Grott. <laughs> <laughs> Have a great weekend. You Jen. as well, Mr. Mayor. So let's go, let's go to oh, – I've got to go to Joel in Israel to wish him Shabbat Shalom. Shabbat Shalom, Mr. Mayor. Um, and I do keep it, but I, I uh, give myself an exception to talk to you because I know that our country's national security depends on it. Well, thank you. Um, and as long as you keep talking about the hard drive every day, I'm going to keep listening to the mass every day. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, so what's going on that we should know about? Last Sunday, uh, James O'Keefe spoke at uh, the uh, Calvary Church. They have a Rumble Channel God Speak uh, about how he, you know, unmasked Turner and uh, or Jeff Zucker and CNN. And uh, you did a great podcast with uh, him, episode yes, one thirty one. Yes. Yeah, did, did you catch that? Did you catch his talk at the at the church there? Calvary no, church? just the outline. Of it. I, did, I didn't see the whole thing. I, I saw a, a clip on it. Wow, well, very, I, I, very moving. Well, and, he is. Uh, I yeah. mean, he, he's really, he's the real deal. I mean, he's hes what the old uh, uh, muckraking reporters were like at the turn of the last century. You know, the ones who uncovered a lot of the corruption that was going on in large businesses and large companies. And he's a courageous guy. I mean, I, I mean boy, oh, boy. But he gets to, I mean, he gets it on tape. So you can't, you can't, I mean, they, they try everything they can, but he, he gets them re, uh, red-handed. So you 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 pray for us in the Holy Land, okay? We we need it, we sure need it. Let me go to David, and we'll go right across the world to Los Angeles with David. Mr. Mayor, I've got some breaking news about Alvin Bragg from the Daily Mail article that came out this week. During the campaign, a woman came forward with disturbing allegations against him which caused the George Soros PAC color of change to pull funding half a million dollars and they distanced themselves from him. He won anyway, as you know, and then they didn't issue any congratulations. They remained distanced. Now this could just be one woman making it up, 
Right, right. For Soros to pull funding, they must have vetted it to some extent. That was their guy. So why is it coming out now? If you remember last week, Eric Adams, um, the, the video of him saying Cracker came out from a Black Lives Matter activist who was upset because Eric was starting to soften up. So what did Braggs do this week? He said that, gee, if you do armed robbery, even if you don't shoot, it's going to be a felony. So he toughened <laughs> up a little bit. So I'm here to say they're throwing him under the bus now because he's not being soft enough. And this is a warning shot. He better you, you know, you're absolutely right. This, this thing, I saw this thing in the Daily Mail, too. It's it, interesting how, you know, the New York papers don't pick it up because he's a Democrat and maybe because they, they, they feel they're going to be accused of being racist if they do it. Uh, uh, the hell with the uh, public's right to know. But uh, it is true. It did happen after after he made that. I mean, basically what he did was he, he was not going to prosecute about 80 percent of the crime. Now he's not going to prosecute about 60 percent. So, uh, you know, and the reality is the failure to prosecute what they call the smaller crimes, that, that is what leads to the situation that I was just talking to Jen about and about Walgreens, you know, pulling out of San Francisco and Rite Aid pulling out of New York. And those are small crimes. They don't get prosecuted and you got to leave. I mean, how you can't you can't have your store looted all the time. And now it isn't just like. Uh, a little bit of a little bit of shoplifting. You see what happens? They go. They wipe the store out. So, this is a disaster. I don't know. I can't evaluate. I, I get nervous about stories like that because we've seen valid stories like that. We've seen invalid stories like that. And uh, so, I, I didn't. I didn't touch it either for that reason. But it is true. And uh, the, the 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 Adams one is actually a little more concerning. I mean, th- those words. Are words that are racist in 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 uh, well they're racist. Uh, I generally follow the rule that you give a man a chance to apologize and say he made a mistake, which Adams did, and I'm I'm willing to put that one aside. My real upset with Adams is trying to fool us with this plain clothes thing, and saying that he put all the cops out in plain clothes like like I did with with Bratton and Safer and and. Uh, and Carrick and then Kelly and we had the anti-crime unit, which was critical to critical exactly to what he wants to do, which is take guns out of the city. But he's putting a badge on. Him. Well, you're not playing clothes if you have a badge on. What I mean, it's, it, by definition, does he think we're stupid? That insulted me. It insulted my intelligence and insulted me for, for my city. If he thinks my city is so stupid. Maybe the city is so stupid to elect people like this. I don't know. I don't know. But maybe the city can learn to. Well, thanks. And thanks thanks for calling it to our attention. And, we'll, you know, we'll see. We'll see if anything develops with it. But, I, you know, we've got more important things to be concerned about than this, this allegation on, on, on Bragg. I mean, I think uh, he started this whole terrible month where uh, viol- uh, well, shooting victims went up almost 40 percent. That's I mean, that's on unhe- that's not unheard of. But those are de Blasio numbers. Those are not even Dinkins numbers. Those are de Blasio numbers. Hmm. I don't know. We're going to need someone. (laughs) We just need someone to put their foot down. You know, this is not hard. Like, you don't get to commit crimes in my city. I can't prosecute all of them. I can't. I could try to prosecute as many of them as I can. 
And when I get you, it's my job to put you in jail for as long as possible. Go get a defense lawyer. To, or By the way, we pay for your defense lawyer, so don't worry about it. Go get a defense lawyer to explain all the reasons you, that your mother you know, wasn't nice to you and your father wasn't nice to you, and that's why you could rape somebody. Hmm? Get a defense lawyer to explain that. Prosecutors explain why that means you should go to jail for just about as long as any judge is willing to put him away. Julie, in Washington, because we're going all around the world. Well, hello there, Rudy. How are you, Julie? I haven't heard from you in a while. How are you? Oh, I've been trying to call quite a few times to talk to you. I listen to you every day. Okay. And thank you for everything, of, of course. Um, I, I just wanted to mention something real quick about Joel. I love I love the Joel from J- Jerusalem. And... Um, that's a very uh, chapter one, two, and three in the King James is excellent concerning what's going on right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, the other point that I wanted to make was um, when are they going to um, hold uh, Mayorkas and uh, Garland accountable and, and all the other corrupt uh, people in our government that just don't follow the Constitution at all or their oaths? Well, I mean, I, 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 the time to hold them accountable, I guess, Julie, the, uh, you know, in the, in the, the time to hold them accountable is November of 2022. It's coming up. There's a chance that the way I look at it, and I explain it as much as I can, not only on this show but on my podcast, uh, there are two steps. Step number one is to stop the, the express train to socialism and communism, which is the one we're on right now. I mean, we're already gone through the socialism station, and with the with the uh, with the dependency payments that he's increased, with the fact that more people don't pay taxes than do, and I mean, we're, our economy may be more socialist in some countries that consider themselves socialist, but we're on our way to communism and authoritarianism, and we also have the problem, which in and of itself would be a massive problem. We have an incompetent president. I don't mean incompetent like. He doesn't know what to do. We've had those before. You know, they're just not good managers. Well, he's not. I mean incompetent, like mentally incompetent. You heard his interview with a friend, Lester Holt, and you heard that kind of loss of temper. Do you know if you go to the DSM-5, that's one of the major major uh, uh, symptoms of uh, Alzheimer's? Uh, loss of temper at an unexpected moment. Well, to bring up inflation is hardly surprising. He did say, <laughs> any, 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 if I were the, when I was the mayor, if I said we were going to have a great recovery in, uh, in uh, February or March, uh, six months ago, and we're in February or March and we're not having the recovery, I'm going to get asked that question. That is, that is not being a wise guy. If you ask a question about personal life or you ask a question about some stupid, tricky question, okay. So that was an inappropriate loss of temper. Fits right into the DSM-5, which I've come to memorize, because way back during the campaign, I did a podcast, which I really urge you to go look at, with two doctors who examined his speech patterns for the last five years. And way back a year and a half ago were concerned. One of them said he had dementia, wasn't sure how bad. The other one said he thought it was pretty severe and moving quickly. And I'll tell you one of the things that he uh, diagnosed that you might want to look for. 
He said that Biden uh, loses his train of thought. And his loss of train of thought is one of the worst symptoms of a fairly aggressive dementia. And then the DSM-5 backs it up with a whole explanation of it. Uh, since you lose your short-term memory first, if it's really severe, you lose the shortest of short-term memory, which is what I just said a minute ago. So now all of a sudden, I don't recall I'm talking about Biden, and I start saying, uh, uh, well, uh, Adams, uh, Adams, uh, uh, okay, man, Adams, um, uh, uh, Adams is a good mayor. Yeah, I, like, I like that guy, Adams. He's a cool guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something like that. You've heard, you've heard him do that and fall into the come on, come on, man, okay, man. Those are the, those are the um, safety valves so that when he can't remember what he's talking about, he can pivot to another subject. I had just hoped that uh, Donald Trump, when he uh, debated him, had let him talk more. I remember a few times during the debate, if I ever re-listened to it, I said to myself, damn it, just let him talk some more. <laughs> Because I had done that analysis before the debate, and I've gone back to one of the two doctors who says, <laughs> it's off the charts now. <laughs> the worst part of it is there are people who work for the United States government who know in detail what I'm saying, and his family knows it. What kind of slobs and bums are they in not doing something about it? What kind of low-life human beings are they? And what kind of caring do they have for this country? Or, or for him, for that matter. Although I just don't know that he would get much of a grade as a father after the way he handled uh, Hunter, an addict from, I guess, the beginning who he put into some of the worst businesses you could ever put anybody in. You don't take a guy who's got an addictive personality and have him work with some of the you know four or five worst criminals in the world. What's going to happen to him? He's going to become a out-of-control completely addicted uh, human being. I blame the father for that one. Just couldn't find another bag man, Joe. There are a lot of them in Washington. Do it for you. But maybe you couldn't trust him as much. Well, we'll be back with uh, Rudy's final thoughts as we go into uh, the weekend and uh, some real things to ponder and think about. We'll be back in a moment. And now... It's time for the Tunnel to Towers Foundation, Mayor's Final Thoughts. This is Rudy Giuliani, back uh, with you on the Rudy Giuliani Show. And now, Mayor's uh, Final Thoughts, uh, sponsored by Tunnel to Towers. That's T2T.org, T, the number 2T.org. Donate $11 a month, and you will help our heroes our soldiers, our sailors, our Marines, our police, our fire, our other uniformed officers who either lose their lives or lose their limbs serving us and keeping us safe. And uh, the first one there is very often tunneled to towers to make sure that the mortgage is paid, that they have the kind of home that uh, they can function in. And now they're even adding uh, uh, veterans to it. So get that $11 in. Today, I think we're going to conclude the weekend because we are going into the big game weekend, which when I was U.S. attorney uh, meant our, our biggest uh, gambling rates. Hmm? I have to work. We started sometimes on Saturdays and Sundays and missed part of the Super Bowl because we arrested so many mafia guys. It was a good way. I mean, not, not that we paid all that much attention to gambling, 
but it was a good way to um, <laughs> to get something on them, figure out which ones were the weak links. This idea that the mafia didn't rat. How do you think I put them all in jail? <laughs> I know, I know, we did wiretaps and uh, stuff like that, but unlike the Biden administration and the crooked Democrats, we had probable cause for it, which means we had to have real informants, not ones that we made up, ones that we lied. We didn't have steel dossiers. And I was very, very careful that it was the truth and it could be borne out and they were tested in court by excellent lawyers. The mafia got, you know, the best lawyers available. Well, we got the big game coming up. I don't know how any decent person can possibly listen to that halftime show with uh, Doggy, with whatever that guy's name is. Here's his most recent song, January 22nd. This is in a year after there was a record slaughter of police officers last year. Looks like we're going to break the record this year. Starting off in January, we're slaughtering police officers left and right, including some terrible situations in New York. This is the song. I'm going to, of course, I'm going to cause, try to, I'm going to keep out the bad words as best I can, but you'll get it. And why they use these words is disgraceful. All you N out there, take your guns that you're using to shoot each other. Ah, he's going to face black-on-black crime. He's got a suggestion for black-on-black crime. Black Lives Matter has no suggestion for that, even though that's the way most black young people get killed 99% of the time. Oh, but his suggestion is, and start shooting those B-mother-effing police. Start shooting those mother-effing police. That'll impress a mother-effing N like me. The crooked mother effing caused these police getting away to mother effing out of line. Thank you, Roger Goodell. Boy, you got class, pal. Aside from the fact that um, this is disgraceful language, uh, racist language, I I don't buy the notion that because you're black you can use the N-word. You sell that on some other uh, guilty white who really probably you've – you brainwash him into making him think he's a racist because he thinks everybody should be judged by the content of their character and not by the color of their skin. See, I think you're the racist when you change the equation. I kind of believe what Martin Luther King said. But Roger Goodell, the guy who took a knee, the guy who brought Black Lives Matter into Black Lives Matter that stole the first $60 they got from the NFL and all the big companies, the big suck-up companies that suck up to China, too. Maybe, Roger, uh, when Snoop Dogg sings, you'll take a knee. That's where you should be, on your knees, praying to God for forgiveness. Don't watch the damn thing. God bless you, and we'll see you on Sunday with Dr. Maria Ryan on Covering the Truth. God bless America. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.